Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging, maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. All right, Luke chapter 7, verse 36. Verse 36. One of the Pharisees desired him, him being Jesus, that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. Behold, woman in the city which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, stood at his feet behind him weeping, began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it, he, he spake within himself. You know, he wasn't talking out loud, but he had this kind of grumbling inside. This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touches them, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto Simon, being revealed who it was, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, all right, master, say on. And Jesus said there was a certain creditor which had two debtors. Everybody say two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50 and when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me therefore, Simon, which, which of them will love him the most? Simon answered and said, well, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. Jesus responded, thou hast rightly judged. He turned to the woman and he said, Simon, you see this woman. I entered into thine house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she's washed my feet with her tears. And even though it might seem odd to some, she has wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time that I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman, she anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom Little is forgiven. The same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. Now watch this, verse 49. Two more verses and we'll be done. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said unto the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. I want to preach through this story, feel direction of the Lord to preach not just to these families, but to every family that's gathered here today and every individual that's in this place from the text, verse 47, that will be my title, the same loveth little. The same loveth little. Okay? I want us to pray. I want us to ask God to do what only he can. How many know his word is powerful? How many know that his word is forever settled in heaven? 
Anybody in here a living witness that his word changes lives? All right. So the balcony, the main level, side to side, everybody in the room, I'm asking you to audibly lift your voice and now pray. God, over the next few minutes, let your word do what it needs to accomplish in this house. Would you pray with me? God of heaven and earth, that we feel in this house, I pray that you would bless every hearer under the sound of my voice. I'm asking that you would help me to articulate with wisdom and with clarity and with grace the word that you have given me for this day and the word that you have for these families and for the people that have gathered. We believe that your presence is in this house. We believe that you can do a divine and a sovereign work here. So help us, we ask it, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And let everyone say amen. Now, you may be seated, but I need your help when you're seated. Because there's a lot of parents in this room, and any parent that has ever perfected talking to your kids behind you, usually it's to get on to them, I need you to speak to people not just in front of you, but behind you right now. And I need you maybe to use the pew as that seat next to you, that seat next to you. And I need you to turn to a few people and ask them this question. Do you love little or much? Ask them. And for anybody who replied, well, it depends what we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about the grace of God and the mercy of God. This is a great, a great story to me because it speaks of company that shows up for dinner that was not planned on. You ever had someone show up to your house un unexpected? I believe I'm about to get good witness in this room. Brother Trano, I bet that there's more than a few in this room that have had someone show up at your house and you acted like you weren't home. <laughs> the Lord told him. No, the Lord didn't tell me. You're normal. You're normal. I was in Colorado the last of January. I went there to ski for two days. Some people think that's crazy. I get very antsy very quick. It's tough for me to go on long trips. Most people were staying five. I went for two. I was, I, I actually, I was going to fly out on the third day and I got, we had something happen after I barely got there and I wanted to get home so I changed my flight to a day early. While we were there, the temperature plummeted. Brother Henderson, it wasn't cold. It was cold, cold. It was die if you stay outside very long cold without proper. I'm there. 
I'm with a group of pastors. It's the, it's the reason I go. I'm better because of that time. We, we had done our, we were doing dinner together, talking through some different dynamics. After dinner, I was very tired, wanted to get back and go to sleep. And from where we parked to where the vehicle was, was a couple hundred yards. It was long. And remember, it wasn't cold. It was cold, cold. And it was windy. And I came out of that little place that we had been eating and I was bundled up and I was looking and it was so cold that it was freezing my face. It was frigid and I was walking and I started to walk ahead. The pastor that I was walking with, I was going to ride in his vehicle that he had. And I, I rush on ahead and we had, we had this dark rental um, SUV that we were in. And, and, and I, I rushed brother Caleb. I get down and, and I couldn't wait. I'd forgot my gloves. So my hands are tucked down into my pockets and I, I get to the SUV and I get up there and I open up and I jump into the door. I jump into the seat, open the door, jump into the seat. And I was so cold that I missed the frantic cries of the person in the driver's seat <laughs> who was going, sir, sir, sir. I don't think I told my wife this story. It would have made her nervous. <laughs> Surprise. Um, and when I looked over, I was so cold. I was so distracted. When I looked over, <laughs> his eyes. All I did was, sorry about that. Just got out of the car, walked down around. Ours was next door. When I opened the door, my pastor friend was laughing hysterically, watched the whole thing. I think that's funny. I think that's funny. I wasn't invited. I wasn't welcome. It's kind of what's happening in this story. Luke chapter 7, Jesus has been invited. Let me take a moment at the very beginning, tell every parent that's in the front, but every individual around the room, Jesus ought to be invited to your place. Well, that's a real simple statement. Well, it is real simple. We just don't execute it real well. Somebody said, Pastor, what's your number one prayer for our city? Is your number one prayer that we have good church? It's actually not. My number one prayer is that the church takes church home. The chances of you getting your neighbor to church are way less likely than you getting your neighbors over for dinner. And if we could somehow get the Bible outside of just the church, it's a little more quiet than I thought it'd be on that part. I, are you saying you don't want to have good church? No, 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 no. I want to have powerful, deep, liberating moves of God when we gather. I just don't want us to think that coming together here is the only thing that makes us powerful. We come together to celebrate him and what he's done in our life. But how many know when we walk off of this 902 Fletcher or drive off this parking lot, we are still the church that has been saved and sanctified and buried in the blood 
And we have a situation here where this Pharisee, this individual, Simon, has invited Christ for dinner. And I will tell you, that's a good thing. Moms and dads, grandpa, grandma, or however you say it, Mimi and Pappy, I can't even start all the names. Where I'm from, it was just grandma, grandpa. Yes, there was a W at the end. I think we ought to talk about the Lord at home. I think we ought to talk to the Lord in our house. And there is a conversation, but it's a little bit dignified that this Pharisee is having with Christ. It's, it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit, uh, you got to know which fork this is for or which food this fork's for. I'm a nightmare still on that stuff. I know you just work in. Work in. Anybody besides me raised in a family where you used one fork for everything? Normal. I feel some people in this room like, hmm, I knew it. <laughs> and I'll be honest, if dessert was coming, <laughs> if, if you're so bothered by that fork, you don't want dessert, you don't want dessert. You don't really want dessert. I promise you, a little bit of lasagna left on that fork ain't keeping you from eating that pie. Come on, where are the real people at right now? Some of you acting real dignified, you know. But they're at this dignified dinner, and it is pomp and circumstance. It's amazing. It's excellent. The program is great. The, the protocol is beautiful, and everything is happening. And, and there are these theological questions that seem to be written in between the lines that are happening. There is this dialogue. Until she shows up, she is not invited. She's that person that just swung by your house because they were in the neighborhood, and you turned all the lights off real fast. They text you, I'm stopping by your house, and you don't open the text because they'll know that you opened it. <laughs> or they message you on Messenger, and you say, don't open it. You turn all the lights off, and you sit there. She wasn't invited, but she was drawn. She had a despair in her that was greater than the disappointment they would have. And when people get a dis, this despair, this desperation inside of them that is actually greater than anyone else's judgment against them, I hope that we always have a church that when people walk in, our first, our first desire is not to judge them, but to allow them proximity to Christ. Such were some of you, but you have been washed. You have been sanctified. I've said it before, but I will say it again. There are people around this room, you look good today, but you... <laughs> if they knew, 
It wasn't so much that as it was a lot of. Used to be. I know we got some kids. I'm being a little bit subliminal. But you, I just want it to be obvious. We know. But thank God there was a day desperation hit. And the truth is, whether you were raised in the church or not, Anybody that comes to Jesus has to come to him at some level, regardless of the opinions of others. Well, what will people say or think? Who cares? If you find out, let me just tell everybody in the whole room, if you find out Jesus is available, you ought to care less about the opinions of others and more about the proximity of Christ. That's why I love this church. Listen. We've got people of all different types in this church. Brother Fridley, we've got people of all different types in this church, don't we? We've got people that are rambunctious worshipers here. We were during worship service and somebody took off running. Some people in this room are like, what? That fits here. We've got people here that when they get moved on by the Spirit, they start to dance and leap and hop around. That fits here. Let me tell you who else fits here. The person that you just walked in, maybe this is your first time or maybe your first month and you don't understand all that, but you do know that when you're here, it makes you want to lift your hands and, and you feel tears begin to well up in your eyes. And Here's what I believe. Whether you've been in his presence for five minutes or for 50 years, good news. He loves when you get in his presence and begin to worship. If you're a hand clapper, be a hand clapper. If you're an aisle runner, be an aisle runner. If you're just a solemn worshiper, just be a solemn worshiper. But whatever you do, give it to Jesus and don't let Simon, don't let any Pharisee Oh, I feel like preaching for a minute. Don't let any religious person make you feel like you don't belong. I want you to hear me. You belong in this house. You belong in this place. You belong in the presence of Jesus Christ. Turn to a couple people. Tell them you belong. You belong. And Caleb, I got good news. If he's good with you, don't worry if they're not. <laughs> what does she do? She runs in and she begins to pour some things out upon him. She cries. She cries tears. I've had people tell me, I don't, I don't even cry, but when I come to church, it's because your DNA is responding to the Creator. She cried. Now listen, most of us that know this story, this is not odd. I want to take you back to pre-understanding this story. She cries, throws up behind him, cries, puts her hair. Now we believe in what this is, is doing, but all that's happening right here is humility. We know the story, but anybody that didn't know the story and saw that play out. I need a few seasoned believers that would be honest enough with me to say, that would look weird. 
Were there no towels available? Come on. It was the level of humility that she was at. We know that there is glory and covering that is taking place here and she is overwhelmed. I hope that we never get to a place we are no longer overwhelmed by his presence. Well, I've been saved for so many years. When I get in his presence, when I get in his, when I get in his presence, I hope it takes me back to the state of, well, I've never been like that lady. Oh, if you were lost, you were like that lady. Yeah, but I never did any of the stuff that lady did. Time out. You were either immediately on your way to heaven or you did some, you did some stuff and you were lost. As the pastor of this church, I can tell you, I didn't deserve to get close to him. But he let me get close. Somebody needs to be reminded of that today. He let you get close to him. He let you. Oh, God, help me. I feel something right there. Even the devil couldn't stop you. That's what I love about this. Simon did not like her proximity, but even Simon couldn't stop her. The other lepers or the other Pharisees, they were not going to be happy about the, what he's about to say on her sin. Who, who is that? They're going to reason within themselves. But even their reasoning could not reason her out. You think the enemy of her soul wanted her to have a breakthrough? So the devil couldn't stop her. Simon couldn't stop her. The other Pharisees couldn't stop her. Who's the only person that day that could have stopped her? Her. The only person that could have stopped that woman that day was her. If she'd have sat in her house and convinced herself, I'd love to go because I heard that he's here, but I don't deserve it. I'd love to get to him, but I, I know what I've done and I don't deserve the mercy of God. This is where we ended last week. Some of you that are just catching me. I don't, I don't deserve this. And I thank God some righteous tenacity rose up inside of her. And she comes stumbling in. She didn't have much. She had that alabaster box that was full. She comes in. She begins to weep. Remember, the Pharisees are having a dignified dinner. She interrupts dinner with a worship session. For every believer that's been in church real long and you just want some deep theological revelatory word, you just want some meat of the word, I just need another steak. I'm gonna give you one, ready? You ready? Brace yourself, it's really deep. She wanted Jesus more than they did. Wait a minute, that's not very deep. It's deep enough that it ought to make us self-evaluate. It ought to make us self-evaluate. Wait a minute. Have I started acting like I actually deserve to be sitting at the table with him? Am I judging people that are trying to crawl to his feet? How can a, how can a leprous Pharisee... God. She comes in, she cries, she wipes, she breaks, she pours... She anoints. 
There's kissing and crying and weeping and breaking and all of it. And Simon is thinking in his heart, if he knew who she was, she wouldn't belong in this house. And he would stop her from doing this. I've got good news and I've got bad news. Simon, you don't get to control who touches Jesus. You want to know what I believe with all my heart? Here's what I believe with all my heart. Brother Ross, if she wouldn't have got to him in, in Simon's house, she would have got to him somewhere else. Because it wasn't up to Simon whether or... Here's what I feel right now. Either we'll let them get to Jesus in this house or they'll get to Jesus in another house. I want them to find Jesus in this if you're here today, it doesn't matter how bad your past is. We want you to know you can get to Jesus here. We're not going to stand in your way. We're not going to. Come on, I need some people to say, we want to roll out the red carpet. We want you to know that you can meet, whether it's in your pew or in this altar, whether it's in the foyer. I was talking to a friend of mine. I was talking to a friend of mine. Last week, they were talking about baptizing people on a string of baptisms, and some person walked up to him and asked this question. It blew my mind, blew his mind, blew my mind. Ask him, when are we going to stop just baptizing all these unrighteous people? <laughs> I would have looked square at him and said, you're next. <laughs> we don't get good to get God. We get God to... To get good. Well, she doesn't belong. Yes, she does belong. He doesn't belong. Yes, he does belong. As long as they're coming towards Christ, we want to be a house that is open that says, come meet him here. He's the one that changed my life. He's the one that saved me. He's the one that delivered me. believe that kind of a question? When we going to But if we're not careful, we can You know what they wanted to do? They wanted to sit at the table and reason with Jesus. We're Pharisees. You're a rabbi. We're, we're kind of peers. You're not peers. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not on his level. We're, we're not on his. We haven't arrived. You strive to be as holy as you can be and even then your righteousness Ah, I feel it in the room right now. I can't get there. So what's it do? It puts me into this mode every service. I want to get closer. I want to get closer. I want to get closer. What about if you're sitting in church, you're in the house, and nobody else is worshiping? Nobody on your row is clapping. I went to a church one time. I went to a church one time, and it was just my, my custom. It was my culture to just worship the Lord. Went to this service. 
And Brother Lopez, they got to, they just barely got started. And man, I just stood up. <laughs> and I tried to sit there. And I don't think, listen, I want to, I want to be clear on this. I don't think you got to stand to be saved. I'm not, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. But I do. I'm just being honest. I do. I don't think you got to be like, wow, get like passionate. I don't think you have to do. I know me though. I'm passionate about everything. If I play my son one-on-one -on -one in the driveway, I don't care. You need to let your kid win. Nope. <laughs> Take it from experience. Before long, they will beat you. And you'll have to say things like, oh, you know, my back isn't really, I'm not at a hundred. I've been. And then when they beat you every time, you say things like, don't forget who taught you every so for me, I knew. And so I sit down in that church and everybody else, and they, they went to the bridge. <gasps> and I popped up. It was so awkward for me. But I had to make up in my mind. I'm not praising them. I haven't forgotten that you saved me. I haven't forgotten that you delivered me. I haven't sang so many songs that it's lost on me that I don't deserve. The greatest part of this story is that he forgives her sins, but it starts by the fact he let her touch him. She broke that box, and I've said it before, but I want everybody to understand that alabaster box, that precious ointment that was broken, she was broken before the box was. And you'll be able to tell before God whether you're really living humble and living broken, because if you're really broken, your stuff will be given to him too. I sat in a meeting the last couple days with pink people who were of net worth that was astronomical. It was mind-boggling. I had people that are, they are worth so much money, it would make some of us our heads burn. But I sat in a meeting with them where they talked about ways that they were funding the kingdom of God. I had one individual come to me and tell me the work that he's doing. He's trying to get business deals done so that they can personally fund global missions. You say, wait a minute, what's, what's that about? Because my, my little ointment, my little job, my little gift, my little, this isn't about me. It's about the kingdom of God. And if I give it to the king, I'll never lack anything. I'll... I felt it there. Oh, here we go. We're going to start talking about money. You come here, you know, we don't, we don't get up and receive offerings. I, we're one of the only churches that doesn't get up on a weekly basis and receive offering. We tell people that it's right to return tithes and to give offerings unto the Lord. But it's way bigger than just some dollars that you give to the Lord. How many know that? It is your life. If you give him your life, your calendar comes with it. Your dollars come with it. Your mouth comes with it. Your thoughts come with it. If you give it unto the Lord. And I don't think I'm the only one in here that would say, I'd rather be like that lady than that Pharisee at the table. 
What if people talk about you as a radical? I would rather be radically in love with Jesus and the one with my hands around his feet than be some Pharisee that believes I deserve a seat at the table. I don't care how many degrees you've got. You didn't earn your seat at this table. I don't care how much money you're worth. You didn't earn your seat at this table. But there was a day that he let you come to him humbly. Woo! Stand with me. You said I didn't have to stand. Well, you don't, but if you, if you want to leave. <laughs> if not, stay seated. I got plenty of preach in me. It's a problem. But for the sake of our, mar- our parents and kids and moms and dads, here's what the Lord's arrested me with. Simon and this lady were both raised somewhere. They were both somebody's kid. We don't talk about them. Once people get to adulthood, we forget that they have context. That they were raised in some home, taught something. And you can do your best. There are seasoned folks in this place, seasoned parents in this place that know you can do your best and they can still make bad decisions. And that is the way it works. But statistically, the healthier the home, the healthier the kid. The healthier the marriage that they watch, listen to me, the healthier the marriage that they watch, the healthier their relationship with God. The data proves it. I don't know what kind of a home you grew up in. Parents, please hear me. And individuals around this room, I don't know. You might have had a terrible father, but you can be a great one. You might have had a terrible mother, but you can be a godly one. You couples, listen to me. You might have listened to your parents fight your entire childhood, or you might have lived in in, in the most precious and, and beautiful home where you heard. I don't know what that was, but I do know this. The environment you raised them in is going to make a great difference in who they become. And I thank God, I thank God that she had a a moment that day and there's restoration and that her sins are forgiven. I thank God for that. But I wish she didn't have all the scars. I wish she didn't have all of that in her life. And he will restore and he will call and he will chase and he will deliver and he'll do that. you'll have the opportunity to keep them from a lot of scars that they would have without you. And I'm not talking just physical ones. Listen, it doesn't matter how hard you try. If this is your first baby, I'm telling you the game changes if you keep having kids. If you're, if you're still boiling the pacifier, <laughs> have a few. Third one will be just chewing on a shoe. And you're like, there's vitamins in that. (laughs) Try to keep, I'm not talking about physical bumps and bruises, although we guard that. But more importantly, the spirit and the emotion. What can we guard and what can we keep? Gathering around this room today as I draw this to a close, I want to tell you here's how we help as a body in this moment. 
There are really only a couple kinds of people and represented from this story, I draw them out as I close this sacred text and I tell you, you will either be the Pharisee that thinks you've earned his time or the woman that knows you haven't. And it is our job to try to keep them from the emotional scars and the physical scars and the damage, but it is never our job to raise them as though they are entitled. I'd ask you to lift your hands if you're able all over this room. And I want you to pray a simple but an important prayer. God, would you evaluate my heart right now? Would you evaluate my heart? Am I more like Simon that thinks I deserve this? Or am I a little more like that woman that feels broken because I know I don't? I'm asking for there to be a little soul searching in the room right now, a little soul searching. Has he forgiven you little or has he forgiven you much? The same loveth little if he's only done a little. But if he's done a lot in your life, I wish you'd lift your voice with your prayers now and begin to give him some thanks and some praise. You don't have to give him much if he hasn't done much for you, but if he has... You don't have to give him praise right now. The same loveth little. But if you know he's been your keep. (laughs) That's it. Let's lift our voices all over the house right now. Let's love the Lord. Let's praise the Lord together. Oh, we magnify you, Lord. Uh, If you're in this house today, you say, I want to, I want to live thankful for his presence. I'm going to know it's an intentional thing to live thankful for his presence. Broken open before him. Not, a, not trying to be an emotional person with everybody and everything. That's not what I'm trying. But I'm trying to give him my very best. Whether you're newer to this church or whether you're a seasoned individual. We're going to take a moment right here and right now. We're going to open up the altars. We believe. How many know this is a house where we believe in letting people approach Christ? If you're in this house on this Sunday morning and you say, I've just got something in me. I'm I'm trying to get a little closer to Jesus. I've got some people. I know there's some other people that don't think I deserve to get close to him. 
You might have some people in your family that don't think you deserve it. You might have some co-workers that think you don't deserve it. There might be some Pharisees, but I'm here to tell you, you do. You have the right, not the deserving, the right. He loved you enough that he suffered, bled. Not everyone knows the stories in this house. But we got spouses that come without spouses that want to live for God. We've got people that are coming here whose families are giving them a terrible time for trying to live for the Lord. We've got college students who feel like they're in this all by themselves. This house is a house where you can get close. And in this house, he forgives sins. Maybe wave at me right now if you remember when he washed your sins away. You, were, you repented. And he, how many remember the day you were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins? Who would witness here today that anybody who hasn't been baptized in that name, man, that you need to get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Lift your voice and shout amen if you believe that. You, yeah. How many believe God can fill somebody with His Spirit again today that they'd be... They're going to sing, I want us all over this room. If this is you, whether you've been in church again 50 years or it's your first, it doesn't matter. But you know today we're going to get closer to Jesus. I'm getting closer to Jesus today.